Hello, friends. This is the Messenger Podcast, where our goal is to develop messengers whose lives tell the story of the gospel. I'm your host, Addison, and I am glad to be back. I heard Mary took over the show in my absence. Is that true? That is true. She did. Yeah, she was excited about that. Actually, when I walked in to the office, I could tell like her whole demeanor. She's just like, oh. Just so pumped this that she found a new I'm career as no a longer podcast the host. host of the podcast. She yeah. really no, enjoyed it. I, I know. And, and I want to thank her on the podcast right now. Mary, if you're listening, thank you so much for hosting. But today I'm joined by two amazing people. And, I, and I'm really thankful that you two are the ones in the studio today because we're answering questions. And I wouldn't want to answer all these questions. And so I'm glad y'all are here to answer these questions. Yeah. So I'm just going to be we're throwing them the your way. Yeah. Cool? Let's do so it. So I got Matt Joy in the house. What? What? There he is. And J. Lou, Jordan Lewis. Hey. And as I mentioned, we're answering questions from you. So we got a bunch of questions that came in through social media, and we picked some of the hardest ones and what we felt like were some of the best questions. Sorry if your question was not chosen. Did you pick these questions, Matt? I did not the pick these questions. Jordan, did you? I did not pick oh, these okay. questions. Okay, Sarah did. Oh, okay. It was someone else. Anyway, we're going to dive in. But before we do that, let's check out a listener review. And this comes from H. Mansberger. And I said that correctly. H. Mansberger. It said, I started listening to the Conversations podcast and came upon this one. I love the podcast episode about Gen Z, and I thought it was so right on. As someone that is part of Gen Z, I really enjoyed and identify with the topics you were talking about. You put words to my experience, and I couldn't be more grateful. Thank you guys for all you do. Well, thank you, H. Mansberger. That was a good. Yeah, that was no, a good yeah. episode. I like that. That was a great episode. It was it was Tyler, right? Tyler Daswick, I think, was his name from yeah. Relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun talking with him. Anyway, so here's the thing: we love hearing from you guys. As as you just saw, we actually read the reviews. We interact with the reviews. So take some time, get online, go wherever you go to write reviews and write a review. And who knows? Maybe Matt next time will read the review. I would love that. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please be sure to do that. That way, yes. you never miss an episode and we'd love to hear your favorite episode so let us know hey this one was really favorite the one when matt talked about what uh gen x gen x which we don't hear time. a lot about but we didn't get a testimony from that yet, so <laughs> we're still waiting on that does any do gen xers listen to podcasts i don't know of course they, they are do. you know they are considered the forgotten generation i i feel it you do i do i mean you're a perfect millennials gen wow. z ba- the baby, baby boomers, boomers. Yeah. But there's a whole nother generation that brought you movies I like E.T. S- Listen, I see you. And Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> I see and, you. Yeah, okay, thank you, I man. just want you to know that. Thank I see you. you. I okay. feel it. So let's get into these questions. Yes, let's please. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, mo- moving on. Okay, the first one. And y'all can choose who gets this one, okay? Ooh. What if it feels like you have too much to fix before you are ready for the spouse God has for you? Take it away, Matt. Yeah, well... Um, I think we can all fall into the trap of feeling like we have too much to fix. I don't know if that necessarily goes away. Um, After God's marriage, so that's a, yeah, that's, that, a that's, po- that's a pre and post. That's p pre. That's, that's like your whole life kind of thing. That's your whole saying. life kind of thing. God's going to be dealing with you on things in your sixties, in your forties, in your fifties. I'm going in a weird order yeah, here. That was interesting. But the, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if there's any rhyme or reason to that. But he's, you're always going to be dealing with things, and I think this is indicative of like when you try to look at every single flaw that you have, and it becomes overwhelming. And And I actually I struggled with this for a little bit. It's, it's overthinking. Hmm. It's when you have all these, you have all these thoughts, all these different things that you want to work on, you want to make progress on, 
And, uh, you know, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 10.5 to take those thoughts captive and to make them obedient to Christ. And typically, we get anxious about things that we're not gaining any traction on. So I would encourage those that, you know, are struggling with this to write down the things that they feel like they need to find movement on, and then to begin to come up with a plan or a strategy for that. But as far as being, you know, ready and perfect for your spouse, you're never going to be there. So I think I would encourage whoever is listening to find those things. There are some core things that you need to do if you're struggling with pornography, if there's, there are yeah. some sexual things that you certainly need to get under wraps. But if you're trying to do a better job of eating healthier, I mean, like, make progress on that, but don't delay your marriage. That's great. Or finding the one. Yeah, I, I think we get in trouble when we look to a spouse as our salvation. Oh, absolutely. Like period, right? Yeah. So the whole idea of your spouse, having to fix yourself. Like, it's actually easy to make an idol of this version of yourself. Yeah. It's like, oh, one day when I'm that person, then I can be married and give my spouse everything that he or she needs. And the reality is only God can do that. So it's really about trajectory, not not so much about a place. Right. That's the way I look at it. Like, what's your trajectory? What's your growth trajectory? Because marriage is, amongst many wonderful things, it is a uh, revealer of character. Right. Right, I mean, yeah. it just it just is, and so um, that's that's a little word I would share. Yeah, no, that's good, and I think that ties into having you know writing those things down, making progress towards those things. That's the trajectory. Sometimes people get anxious because they have no trajectory yeah. because they haven't taken any steps towards that. Yeah, but it's really dangerous to believe that your spouse will fix you. Like, that's, oh, I, I don't think th- that's what. No, I know. Yeah, but but I think you know that is the belief though that we're trying to counteract here. That is like on one side of the spectrum. It's like my spouse is going to fix me. And then the other side of the spectrum is I have to be perfect before I can get married. Yeah, you have to be perfect before you can even entertain the thought of having a spouse. Yeah, and I I think we've talked about this before, but the Greek word teleos, it means perfection. Right. It means perfection that only comes through a process. Wow. So, And what's neat about marriage is God says, hey, why don't you go through a process together of perfection in covenant? which means there's safety, which means there's teamwork, which means there's vision, so many things. Yep. Um, so anyway, there we go. Oh, that's good. Covenant. Covenant. All right, next question. In a world of injustice, how do we respond in biblical justice instead of anger or passivity? Jordan, I'm throwing this one to you. Wait, Wait first, can you, can you, that, that sounds like a movie trailer. And you, you should oh, say like, in, in a, a world, world of, of injustice, injustice. <laughs> yeah, how do go. we respond in there biblical you. justice instead of anger or passivity? Who is the guy who does that voice? And how much does he get paid annually? That guy's That's good. What I know. Yeah, he makes me want to watch every movie. But yes. perfect. Okay, I'll answer this question. I think our foundation for justice has to be love. Otherwise, it's easy to get caught up in being angry or passive, or um, having our own sense of justice instead of how God views it. Mm-hmm. And when we think about okay, God is love, so that's where justice stems from. Mm. I think that just will lend a lot of wisdom to how we approach things. So instead of being angry because, oh, this person should think this way or this is what they should do, and I'm upset that they're not functioning in this way, we have God's love as our filter, and then we can respond from that. Or instead of being passive like, well, I'm not the one who's racist, so I don't need to respond to anything, that's also not love because your brothers and sisters who don't look like you, who don't think like you, are struggling, and you can respond in love. So it's to me, it's it's straightforward, but obviously difficult to actually um, implement in implement in our day to day lives. But it's like when we think, okay, my foundation is love, and I'm going to love everyone the way God loves them. 
-hmm. What does that look like? I find that, at least for me, it keeps me centered and focused instead of being mad at the world or being, um, I'm so overwhelmed, I'm not going to do anything at all. Yeah. It's almost like with that love comes clarity. Yeah. Clarity to act. It's like when you actually take the time to see someone as they are or to see a situation as it should be, instead of just responding from a place of emotion, although don't get me wrong, emotions are important, powerful, and a part of the response. Yes. But you see it through the lens of a vision Mm -hmm. that's greater than the moment. Yeah. Then you're like, okay, this is what it means to fight for justice in a way that is actually going to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. You think about Jesus being moved with compassion. It's he was compelled to act because he saw, like you said, he saw people for where they were. One of my favorite stories um, in the Gospels is when there was a woman who had a disability and she was bent over, couldn't really function. She didn't go up to Jesus and ask him for a miracle. Jesus saw her, was moved with compassion, and healed her. And I find that the closer I get with God or the more I ask him, hey, God, what do you think about what's going on in Syria right now? What do you think about what's happening, you know, in the States, whatever? Um, The more I kind of have that burning in my heart Mm -hmm. um, for people in my own communities, but also for people who don't look anything like me. That's so good, Jordan. It's beautiful. Wow. Selah. Selah. Little pause. Okay. Next question. Matt, I'm going to ask you this one Mm. since you were a prodigal son. Yeah. How do you get back to church if you were a prodigal son or daughter for many years? Yeah, I have experience with this. I was raised in the church, and then at 17, I joined the military and, and just made a wreck of my life and realized that how just how empty living like that is. And so for whoever sent in that question, you're really in an amazing place. And, and I go back to the story of the prodigal son. He came to the revelation of like, this is not the way that I want to live. I'm going to return to my father. And so I would encourage you first and foremost to run into your heavenly father's arms and allow him to fill you with the love that he has for you, that revelation. And then I would encourage you to go back. I remember one of the most difficult things was going back to my dad. And I know my dad was going to be so happy for me to give him this information, but somehow the enemy still had a little bit of a stronghold. Like he was going to hold it over me like, I told you so, which of course was not his heart and shouldn't be any Christian's heart. But when you've run so far away and made a a mess of your life, sometimes you feel like those in the church are going to have that response. And I would just encourage you, that's the enemy trying to keep you from connecting with the body because now as a child of God, you need your family. So run to the church, run as fast as you can and and go to nine o'clock service, 11 o'clock service, join as many small groups as you can and just dive in full first. Uh, Don't allow the enemy to separate you. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love that story of the prodigal son. I see three movements. Yeah. Number one, he went back. Yep. Like, and that, and that, that's what you're hitting on. Mm-hmm. Go back. Yeah. Go back. I know it's scary. Yeah. Go back. Go. And then number two, he humbled himself. Yeah. He that's said, huge. he said, you know, I was wrong. I yep. repent. But then the third one, I think this is the one that people really struggle with. Know you belong. Wow. Yeah. Know you belong. Yep. Right. That that like you are a son. Like that's he, really he said good. to his dad, yeah. he was like, hey dad, I'll just be a servant. Like, I'll be a hired hand. He's like, yep. Dad, like, no, no, no. no you're no. you're a son. Mm-hmm. And even though his brother was hating on him come on. and wouldn't come yeah. in, yeah. like, there are going to be people, let's just be real, yeah. there are going to be people in the church who are going to hate on you. Yep. And they're going to be like, you don't belong. But you do belong. Right. Wow. So those three things. That's Go so back. Good. Yep. Right? Humble yourself and repent mm-hmm. and know you belong. Know you belong. So good. That's awesome. All right, next question. How do you handle the aftermath of setting boundaries with Christians who don't understand the need for them? 
This is a tough question. That's a tough question. Mm-hmm. Who, who's taking this one? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, I'll start, but yeah. we need to d- yeah. tag team okay. this. Yeah. In my own experience, um, I so I tend to be very protective of myself, and so when I've struggled with people who don't um, respect my boundaries, I tend to get really frustrated. Yeah. And. Um, can be kind of short and harsh with them, which is not my usual personality with anyone, but it's when I feel disrespected or kind of someone's impeding on what I've asked, I I have no mercy. I'm working on that, but that's just how I am. <laughs> wait, um, wait, so do you have no mercy and you and you communicate that to them or is that internal? That's very internal. Okay. Yeah. yeah, where I will just usually, I'm like, hey, what's up, how's it going? I will be cold, I will avoid people, it's not. I'm working on it. Pray for me, y'all. Anyway, um, but something that the Lord and I have talked about is, okay, just because they didn't respond to what you said, does it mean that all of a sudden you have to, you're actually in a bind? He's like, your no means no. And so just because someone is still trying to come your way or do whatever you ask them not to do, you can still navigate that situation and kind of make your stand. So it's, I think sometimes I look for, oh, I just want peace. So we all agree, you know, right. and God's like, even if someone else doesn't agree with you, you stand your ground and yeah. do what you need to do. Like your no means no. Yep. And that's and that's that. So I find that for me in an aftermath when someone didn't respond the way I wanted them to. Essentially, in my case, it's irrelevant because, OK, I made myself clear and I'm going to navigate that with the wisdom that I need. What if they keep pushing? Do you say something to them? Um, or I should say, should you say something to them? You should say something to yeah. them. I'm thinking of if I ever have had to. Because once someone pushes back mm-hmm. on me, because of how I am, when I push back on them, they know that I'm not playing they know, around. This is they serious. Kind of, yeah, they kind of back like off. Like Jordan Smiley, at, yeah, and right. then all of a sudden <laughs> it's like, I ain't playing. Yeah, for sure. Back off. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't had to have more than one or two follow-up conversations with anyone. And, and I think you you may be talking about a, a few different types of people here because you can have a conversation with somebody that you're very close with and just say, hey, you know, it's been a very busy season. Can you just, you mind if I don't respond, you know, like just give me a little bit of space and they'll say, oh yeah, absolutely sure. But when you go into a conversation with someone and you say, I have to set boundaries, that should already tell you that you're going to need to exercise some patience. So going into that situation, knowing that they may not immediately acknowledge or follow through on these, you know, uh, that I'm that I'm giving. I just need to have an extra level of patience. And I thought of 2 Timothy mm-hmm. 2, 24 through 25, and it says, A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. So right there, Scripture's telling you, you're going to deal with some difficult yeah. people. But I thought all Christians are easy to deal with. Wow. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, here it is. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change their those people's hearts and they will turn to the truth. And so I just think um, patience, there's there's new levels available for everyone. And uh, just to go into it knowing that, you know, they may have a difficult time following those parameters and set boundaries. So you're saying be consistent, but be yeah, patient. But be patient, absolutely. Don't don't waffle. Don't be like one day, oh, yeah, there's no boundaries. Yeah. The next day, be all passive-aggressive, like, Yep. You won't respect my boundaries. Well, and don't have the expectation, like, immediately they're going right. to follow through. And if they don't, I'm bringing the, the, hammer, the hammer of the gods That's down. good. Little G. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. All right. Next, next question. Yeah. 
what is the best and healthiest approach to studying the Bible? Hmm. Wow, crickets. That's a good, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, well, for me, it's <laughs> yeah. hard because I'm like, I know what I need, yeah. but sure. I don't know what's best for, I think. What's best is there. to start. To do it. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it. just to start. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't mean to cut you I, off. No, I, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I don't even know what I was going to say. It is. it is. I mean, it's different for every one of us. And I would even yeah. say, Jordan, have you seen this? It's different in, in different seasons. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I've seen that for sure. Where some seasons I am hungry for the word and I can just sit down for an hour like it's nothing. And there are other seasons where I'm like, God, I love you. You're the best. But I can only do one verse. Is that okay? You know? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. And he'll give me the exact verse. And I'll just meditate on that for the day. And then the next mm-hmm. day, it's an, it's another one, you know? And so I think I love what Matt said. The best thing is starting. Mm-hmm. I would also say the best thing for me, and I think this would apply to most people, is community. Where there's no reason for you to have to study the Bible on your own. That's good, Jordan. And not yeah. everyone will have access to a Bible study group. Mm-hmm. But even talking to other believers, like, hey, I'm reading this thing in Matthew. Absolutely. What do you think? You know, like that also counts as studying in community. And that's something that has enhanced my, you know, reading of the Bible where I'll read something with my own filters and have my own perspective. And I'll talk to a friend about it. And he or she will say, oh, I read that. Yeah. And I also thought this, or that reminds me of this time. And it's like now... When I go back to those verses, and even in my Bible, I've written down, oh, um, Jenny said this by Matthew 6, or uh, Emily said this in Isaiah, you know, or like about Isaiah. And so I think, yeah, mm-hmm. talking to other people about the word is something that um, it's a great way to study and just to have a different perspective yeah. that you wouldn't have on your own. Yeah, and, and I would add one thing to that. You know, when you're sitting under a sermon or you're listening to a podcast, the Holy Spirit's going to illuminate different things to different people. So Jordan may be getting one thing um, from a message, and I may be getting something else. And that's the Holy Spirit saying, I want you to search this out. Um, and so I would encourage you to, to jot those things down, and then that's a good place for you to start your yeah. study. Yeah, right, right great. there. And if you're having a difficult time even getting into the Word, uh, I, Scott Fisher, who's been on the podcast many times, actually preached a sermon just a few weeks ago, and he said, uh, this is a great spiritual discipline to get in. Just keep your Bible open in your house. I started doing that yeah, after it, he said it. It is an actual game changer. Yeah. And I'm someone, it's, I have a discipline of staying in the Word, but that all keeping my Bible open, I've been surprised at how often I'll just be, you know, walking in my room for something and I'm like, I'll just peep in and then leave, you know? Yep. And it's like, yeah, it has increased how often I'm at least, you know, in great, the Word. So that's great place great. to start. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank you. Yeah, really good. Um, I, I'll, I will say this real quickly for me. It's just, it's about doing it. It's not so much about the volume and the amount of time that I spend right. in that day. And I think that's what varies for me from season to season is the way I engage with Scripture. What's consistent is the fact that I am I am engaging with Scripture. Yeah. That I, and I think that is what builds character and maturity in us, and maturity in us when we don't really want to read Scripture. Oh, absolutely. Like that's, that's that's huge. Yeah. And yeah. so if you're out there you're like, man, I just don't really hunger for the Bible. Well, we've talked about this yep. all the time. You hunger yep. for what you feed mm-hmm. on. Just get in it. Start yeah. doing it. Mm-hmm. Don't don't set these crazy ambitious plans to read the Bible in six months. Just start. Start with reading a few verses yep. and do that faithfully, day after day after day. And I promise you, like your desire for the for the word will grow. All right. Next question: How do you stop paying attention to the opinions of others? How do you stop paying attention to the opinions of others? Uh, there's a couple of things. Start 
paying attention to the opinion that matters, and that's God's. Yeah. You know, being in God's word and, and looking at his definition of who you are as a child of God and a son or daughter of God. Um, secondly, the, and this is really simple, um, if so, you need to take an honest assessment of yourself and see if you're spending too much time in social media and sure. playing the comparison game. I that's mean, that's good. probably a lot of people's problem is they're starting to compare themselves to other people and they find themselves in this in this place. So, um, And they're putting too much weight on it. But if you know who you are in Christ, if you know the words that God has spoken over you, that is enough. Yeah. And if people's opinions can build you up, then they can also tear you down. So you have to have that revelation in front of you. So you're saying, you know what? People are up, people are down, people are encouraging, people are destroying. They love Jesus. They were throwing down palm, palm branches, right. and then they're nailing them to a cross, and they're asking for Barabbas. So honestly, you just need to go to the source. And again, this ties back into being in the Word. Yeah, that's great. Um, I second that yeah. 100%. Something the Lord and I have been talking about the past few weeks, um, I've been telling, I'm a very deep feeler. So my feelings oftentimes feel more real than what's in the word. Mm. Where so the word will say I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, but I will feel like a sack of rocks. And I've been really struggling with, okay, God, I know what your word says, but my feelings will pull me into, oh, no, we're more true than what God says, right? Something the Lord told me, he said, Jordan, the enemy will often use you against you. And you have to be your own advocate. And it's not something that I would think of, you know, but for me, that's very true because my feelings can be so extreme or feel so intense. Um, I really do have to make sure one, I'm aligning with truth, like Matt, what you were saying, mm -hmm. but also continuing to rehearse that truth over myself yeah. until my reality changes. Mm -hmm. And that's been key uh, for me where I'm like, okay, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh, I still feel terrible. It's like being patient with it, but knowing, okay, I know what God says. And my only alternative is to agree with demonic doctrine, which is, oh, you're terrible. You're the worst. You're mm -hmm. whatever. And it's, we don't want to do that. So it's okay. The best alternative is to agree with God's truth. And even if I don't feel mm -hmm. like it, that that's that's what I'm standing on, you know, and kind of holding your ground with that. Jordan, can I ask you? Do you, do you literally speak the word of God out loud? Like, what does that look? Yeah, yeah, I do. But that's a new thing as well. Okay. So people are like, "Oh, speak the word out loud." I'm like, "Ah, you know, that's just extra. Yeah. That's whatever." But I started. Extra. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, these folks are out here doing the most. Um, but for me, it's just been a month or so where for me, God's given me the gift of words. And I realized I'm like, I use this gift for everyone else except myself. Oh, that's yeah, that's so good. So I will be in my car or even like as I'm getting ready in the morning, like, Jordan, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Jordan, you have the mind of Christ. Yeah. And at first I felt kind of dumb, you know, <laughs> but now I really am seeing that everything is coming into alignment mm -hmm. with that truth. Yeah. And and I just want to say, you, you said, I feel a little bit dumb, but I think everybody has to push through that awkward stage. Oh, it does sure. feel a little weird yeah. saying, declaring those things over yourself, but the power of life and death is in the tongue. Yeah. God spoke the word world into existence. So we have authority and dominion in this world. We need to speak over our situations and speak over ourselves. I love that. Yeah. 
Thank you for sharing that. Oh, you know, thanks for pulling out of me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so speaking of speaking. Yeah. This is our last question we're going to do. Someone asked, they, they spoke a lie about someone as a child, and they're wondering if they should make it right now as an adult. And like, what, what is their responsibility? What should they do to make it right? What's appropriate? Yeah, I think, um, I don't know the details of this, this is situation, a tough one you know, yeah, absolutely. But I think you always want to go back, you know, the truth will set you free. Yeah. So I don't know the context of, of how this question is being asked, but I think if you have an opportunity to be able to bring truth, um, a lie is the dark, it's the wrong path. And so you're, you're shedding light on something. I think that's just going to help someone, even if it's painful initially at first, eventually it's going to bring healing. So I think we all have a responsibility um, to open our mouths and to bring truth. And actually, I just want to commend this person that's saying, you know, this is something they did as a long time. Oh, wait, I spoke a lie about someone as a child. So a yeah, long, long time, time ago, this person spoke a lie and they're feeling this conviction. I want to go make it right. I would, I would probably yeah. say without knowing the context that, that the, that's the Holy Spirit prompting you to reach out because you don't know where that individual is and you may have a piece of their future that you can give them and set them on the path yeah. to truth. Yeah. No, that's good. And I, I think the enemy uses shame in our lives and condemnation in our lives around things that we can't actually control. Mm -hmm. And the way I look at it is conviction and condemnation are both very painful. Yeah. Condemnation is focused on your past and things that you cannot control. Yep. Conviction is actually focused on your future, and it's about hope, and it's about what you can do. Yeah. Condemnation is self-centered and self-focused. Conviction is others-focused, and it's God-focused. Yeah, that's good. So I would say to this person, like, why? Why do you feel this? Is this a ploy of the enemy? Yeah. Yeah, that's and, good. Like, yep. would it be inappropriate for you to have that conversation or for you to go do whatever? And, and this could apply to anything related yep. to a past. Um, is it a ploy of the enemy or is it the grace of God saying, hey, you know what? Actually, I am, I'm leading you to a greater measure of wholeness. This is the hope that I've placed before you for the relationship, for the person, for your life, whatever it may be. Yeah. And then it's not like trying to clear the ledger. It's like, no, I, I have I have this gift. I have this responsibility. I have this opportunity yeah. to be an agent of grace and hope and life mm -hmm. in this situation. And that's beautiful. It is but beautiful. if it's like, no, I, I only want to do this so I can sleep better at night. I mean, that honestly, like you really have to pray about that because yeah. going back, it might not be appropriate or healthy for that conversation to be had. It might have oh, to be something good. between you and God. I mean, there are, and I, I mean, just because situations change, relationships change, where it wouldn't be appropriate for a conversation to happen. Do, do y'all, does that, yeah, like, I'm, I'm getting sure some that. interesting, like, it's, it, like, it's, it's hard because the is, context, it is. I mean, we can go on a million different, we could. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. That's a good condemnation or conviction, yeah. that filter right there. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really that's important. Good. Awesome. Well, Jordan, Matt, thank you for being in the studio today. Thanks for having us. your wisdom and hearing, I love hearing your voice. And uh, for all of our listeners out there, again, I want to remind you, I know we talk about this a bunch, but you can join All Access. we got a community of people in there. They're learning, they're growing, they're committed to discovering what it means to be a messenger to the people in their world. And it's just, it's really cool to see how that's happening. We have, what is it now, like over 3,300 people yeah. in the mix. And it's just, it's phenomenal to see the testimonies. We're constantly putting new content out there mm -hmm. every month. And because you listen to the podcast, you actually get a month free. Nice. So, so yeah, so check out messengerpodcast.com slash all access. And that's yeah. where you can get the month trial. Cool? Do Y'all have any yeah. other final thoughts? No, that's great, Ed. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in today. And as you go, I want you to remember that you are 
the messenger to the people in your world. That's why it's so good for you to be asking these hard questions because your life is a message. Lean into God's grace and watch your world change. Until next time. Thanks for listening to The Messenger Podcast. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review and be sure to subscribe and share these episodes through iTunes. You can connect with us through Facebook, Instagram, and through our website at messengerinternational.org. Until next time.